Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. Uh, the phone number is 877-973-7425. And I, gotta, I can pull back the curtain here and, and tell you something. We, we had an issue. Uh, the My phone screener was working remotely today. And uh, the phone systems won't connect remotely. We're not sure why. The tech support people have been working on it. But he got up and drove into the office, uh, and so the phone lines are actually open. If you've been trying to call and gotten a busy signal, that's actually why. Uh, and he's there now and can take calls, and you know what? We might as well open up this hour so that he's – he made the effort to come into work. He might as well talk to you people on the phone, so <laughs> – <laughs> you can call in 877-973-7425 if you want to be part of the program. Uh, we'll make it a free-for-all here. Might make it an open container by the end of the day, but um, we'll take your phone calls on whatever topic. Uh, as long as you sound articulate and make me look good. How about that? You can disagree with me, though. I mentioned uh, the ESG stuff the other day. Let, let me review again. When you hear people talk about ESG criteria for investing, what they are talking about is environmental, social, and governance criteria. The environmental criteria is major fund managers in the country want companies to stop investing in fossil fuels. Uh, social criteria, they want these companies to uh, be in to make sure they have a diverse, woke workforce and that they give a percentage of their funding designated to nonprofit causes to progressive activist causes on the left, like Black Lives Matters. And the governance criteria, they want to make sure that their boards are full of diverse people and that they have a diversity officer in the C-suite where you have the CEO, the CFO, the COO, you need a, a CDO, chief diversity officer, to make sure the wokes have a steady stream of hiring and that their ad revenue and their marketing goes towards politically left-wing leaning causes. That's what environmental, social, and governance criteria stands for, ESG. It's what they do. Uh, it's how these fund managers are doing this. One of the things the fund managers do is uh, you allow them as the fiduciary of your 401k to cast all the votes. You own stock in a company individually. You get the shareholder report. You get to cast votes as a shareholder. If it's in your 401k, a Fidelity or Merrill Lynch or Goldman Sachs or BlackRock or Vanguard does it. Some of the chief offenders out there Pushing ESG stuff are Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, and Wells Fargo, but more importantly, BlackRock and Vanguard. If you are in BlackRock or Vanguard and they manage your 401k, they are some of the chief woke agitators uh, out there managing money. Well, Republicans have finally figured out what they can do is because these companies like BlackRock, for example, is only as a company about $800 million, but controls $10 trillion with a T, $10 trillion in assets for other people. And a lot of what BlackRock controls are the assets of pension funds for governmental and corporate entities. Last week, Riley Moore, the treasurer of West Virginia, announced that Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, and a few others are going to be barred from government contracts in his state 
and managing the pension and retirement funds of government employees because they will not invest in coal or fossil fuels. The treasurers of Louisiana and Arkansas have pulled more than $700 million out of BlackRock, the world's largest investment manager, over objections the firm is too focused on environmental issues. The Utah and Idaho treasurers are pressuring the private sector to drop climate action and other causes they've identified as woke. Now, the New York Times is fighting, spitting mad over this. They're claiming that all these people are trying to undermine climate change. In fact, the headline of their story, how Republicans are weaponizing public office against climate change. A Times investigation revealed a coordinated effort by state treasurers to use government muscle and public funds to punish companies trying to reduce greenhouse gases. David Gels of the New York Times says underneath him, he reviewed more than 10,000 pages of documents and emails while reporting for this article. Let me tell you what actually happened. It's far less impressive than that. Alec met in Atlanta last week. Alec is the American Legislative Exchange Council. It's a conservative group that comes up with model laws and regulations for states that are run by Republicans. And this was one of the big topics of discussion. It's not a coincidence this report came out after Alec met last week because Alec made it a central issue, fighting against ESG criteria. Why fight against ESG criteria? Twofold. One, companies that take ESG criteria seriously tend to have a reduced rate of return from companies that don't. Financially, Now, what the ESG advocates will say is, well, I mean, on paper, yeah, but think about long term. I mean, ag industry sector is going to be hurt if they don't take it seriously. And so the long term rate of return doesn't actually calculate that. And if you calculate that, actually, these companies that do ESG come out ahead. Really, that's that's their claim. The other issue, too, is that what companies that take ESG criteria uh, do is they advocate a bunch of left wing causes. They advocate for Black Lives Matters. They advocate for uh, the trans activists out there. They do all these things, uh, advocating for people who are hostile to people of faith, hostile to conservatives, hostile to parental choice and education, hostile to all these things. And, and there's no reason for pension funds and government funds to do this. What the wokes did is they found out where the money was. And they went and captured the businesses that control it. So the Wokes captured BlackRock. They captured uh, Morgan Stanley. They've captured Wells Fargo. They've captured Vanguard. And they're trying to steer left-wing social policy through how these companies manage money. So Vanguard can go say, hey, uh, business, we own a whole bunch of shares in your company on behalf of the people who have their 401ks with us. And if you don't have a chief diversity officer who's making sure that none of your money goes to conservatives, well, then we're going to vote to overthrow your board of directors and we have the votes to do it. It's a shakedown game by the left. So back in the day, Jesse Jackson and Reverend Al Sharpton, they would show up at businesses and say, if you don't give our organizations money, we're going to protest you as racists. And then Black Lives Matter showed up and said, if you don't give us money, our rioters are going to storm through the town and burn your business down. What the Black Rocks and the Goldman Sachs and the J.P. Morgans and the Wells Fargo's and the Vanguards do is they say, we're going to throw your board out of power if you don't do what we want. 
And so they can shake up industries on behalf of left-wing causes. And they've been doing it for some time now. And they're going to continue to do it. Unless Republicans take a stand. If you are a Republican state treasurer or you're a Republican legislator in a Republican-led legislature, you should be considering passing some laws that prohibit funds being invested with any uh, wealth manager that uses ESG criteria because you'll be helping your state. You will be increasing the portfolio gains of your retirees. Let me ask you, if you're just if you're reti- if you're headed towards retirement and you're a state employee listening right now, would you rather a return on investment that will benefit you at retirement or that Black Lives Matter gets donations from a corporation? What, what, what do you want? It's your money. It's being housed at Vanguard and BlackRock. What do you want? Do you want to maximize the return on your portfolio to put you in a good position at retirement? Or do you want to make sure that the, the checklist of demands from Black Lives Matters is answered by corporate America? Which one do you want? Do you want to make sure that you get a maximum return on your investment or that every company uh, has to ditch fossil fuels for solar power? What, what, what do you want? Because you're not getting both. You're either getting uh, your company runs on unicorn farts or you're getting a maximum return on investment. Which do you want? If you want maximum return on investment, you should be telling your state treasurers and your state legislatures and your governors that you too want to prohibit ESG criteria from being used to manage your portfolio. It's that simple. That the New York Times is crying foul about it should tell you everything you need to know. The left is taking the threat seriously, and you should seriously engage in the threatening and bullying. That's what the left has done to us. It's your money. It's your retirement. Do you want to maximize your rate of return? Well, then your state treasurer should tell companies managing the money to stop using ESG criteria. Now, I want to go to the phones. Since we haven't been able to take calls, I want to spend as much time as I can with your calls the rest of this hour. 877-973-7425. I'm going to start with John. Welcome to the program, John. Hey, Eric. Big fan. Long-time listener. Three hours a day. Thank you. Um, about about the IRS hiring 75,000 agents. Um, $125 billion over 10 years is $12.5 billion a year. Each agent will probably have a total cost of employment of about 100000 That right there is $7.5 billion a year. And it could be even worse than that um, with, you know, additional overhead and training. Uh, but uh, also the, the taxpayers who are targeted will probably spend at least 5000 uh complying with the audit. And, you know, it could be $25,000, 50, so, at best, the IRS will only get like $5 billion a year for harassing the American public. And it could be, you know, only 2 or $3 billion a year. Right. Yeah, look, so the, the actual estimate from the Democrats is that it will bring in $128 billion over 10 years. 
That's their highest, best estimate of what it'll bring in. And of course, they always overinflate those estimates. Uh, the cost to the American people to comply with the audits is going to be far more than what the federal government's going to get, which is why we've never gone down this road. But in order to get something passed through reconciliation, they have to, um, they've got to make it balance in the budget or show that it'll bring down the deficit. If they can show that, even if the numbers are wrong, they can generally pass it with reconciliation twice a year to avoid a filibuster. And that's what they're doing. They're essentially gimmicking the money in order to get it passed. Fred, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Thank you. What's going on? Uh, Eric, you were mentioning that uh, brokerage firms and Fidelity and such can vote your stocks. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there's a way around that for individuals anyway, really for everybody, but certainly for individuals. Um, when you open a brokerage account, do not allow them to hold your stock in street name. Street name means the brokerage firm holds the securities in their name and keep records that you own it. If you own it, if you register it in street name, that means oh, you own it and you get the right to vote it. You get the proxies, etc. Oh, that's good to know. That's very yeah. good to know. It also stops stock loan. It takes stock out of the market for short sales and a bunch of other more arcane things. That's very useful to know. Thank you for that, Fred. I mean, everybody needs to do this sort of stuff. Um, really, y'all, we, we got to take control of this. This is where the left has gone because that's where the money is. They're doing everything they can. They are pushing very, very hard uh, to to take over corporate America and have corporate America, they can't get the federal government to do what they want, so they're hijacking corporate America. They're using corporate America on social media to censor you and, and uh, silence you. They're using corporate America to advocate all, all of their crazy investment schemes, all this stuff. Uh, so you got to take action. Uh, you got to take action, and state treasurers should too. 877-973-7425. We'll be back. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some at our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bowl and Branch, where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bowl and Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bowl and Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California king. You will feel the difference. And they're 100% free from toxins. No pesticides, no formaldehyde, no harsh chemicals. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. This is the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. They are in Noonan, Georgia, but they can help you nationwide. First Liberty makes their own lending decisions. They've been doing it since the 90s. They want to help your business grow. Reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. We're talking loans, $750,000 or more for your business, not for your person, for your business. Firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Kathy, you're going to be up next. Kathy, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Hi, Eric. Um, first, um, your previous uh, the 
comedic the comic skit with um AOC and yeah. Kamala Harris are just hilarious. The, those are their um, actual I, I words, think a by the way. Caller answered my question. Oh, um, really? If you already have investments with Vanguard, what can you do? And they were saying something about street name and non-street name. Yeah, you, you, you can you can make sure that you get to be the one to cast your votes uh, for the stocks you own as opposed to Vanguard doing it, uh, which people should probably request and do to avoid the wokes. Um, but really, it makes it a lot it, easier because they probably, invest in so much. You probably answered that question for me. Yeah, Kathy. They, they, so sure, you're welcome. They invest so much, uh, you get tons of these. But if your state treasurer just says you can't do this, well, then that really, really helps um, avoid doing this. Um, Mike, I want to go to you next. Welcome. Yes. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Um, you know, I listen to you uh, quite a bit. Not every day, but. Uh, <laughs> Probably every other day. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I do a lot of driving, uh, Eric. And uh, I appreciate your your sticking up for the right side. Thank you. Um, Actually, my wife and I are kind of fed up, to be honest with you, about all the crap that is going on in this country. I don't want to take an hour of your time. I know there's other people waiting. Yeah, you only uh, got about three minutes. Okay, one thing we have heard, and uh, it's it's uh, really uh, concerning us, um, and that is that Biden's trying to destroy the dollar and go to digital currency. Is mm-hmm. that fake news coming from so, uh, us, the conservative, or um, is that fake news from the left so trying to scare people? It's a little mixed. Um, So back during the Trump administration, actually, the Treasury Department decided it should examine cryptocurrency, digital currency, uh, to see if it could save money instead of printing dollar bills. Uh, They've never really gone anywhere with it because the Constitution requires a printed currency. Um, it started during the, the Trump administration, though not the Biden administration. Uh, they've never advanced it because the Constitution actually does require a printed currency, and they, they can't figure out how to get around it. Um, really, the chief agitator of this in the world is China, not us. China wants a digital currency because, as you saw in Canada, the way the Canadian government was able by fiat to block people's checking accounts, China wants to be able to do that. And if you have digital currency that China can track everywhere. They know exactly how much money you have on your person at all times. So one reason I don't know that we're ever going to get it here, and one reason I'm not a big fan of digital currencies, I use a credit card. Uh, I, I I really want my family to sit down with someone who can help guide us through the Dave Ramsey financial peace stuff as opposed to just us doing it ourselves. Um, really want to do that with someone. And I know one of the things he says is don't use credit cards. Just given the life I lead in my business, I have to got to be able to modify stuff like that but i don't ever want a digital currency i try to keep cash on me Uh, and i know there are a lot of places these days that don't really want to take cash or at least big dollar bills that's fine Um, but keep taking dollar bills people Um, i don't want a digital currency the government can turn on and off and i don't know that we'll get there given the constitutional language on currency but other countries certainly the chinese want to and probably justin trudeau would love to in canada 877-973-7425 is the number if you want to call in. Uh, the last 30 minutes of the show today, given how our phone lines were opening or having problems for us remotely earlier, uh, they're working. 
we got brilliant engineers who helped us. Uh, and my call screener took one for the team and came in so we couldn't didn't remote. So I'll take your phone calls. When we come back, we do have other stuff to talk about as well in the next hour, including, well, the press on Twitter claiming there's all sorts of momentum. And why was Arizona so screwed up in its election? Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you would like to be on the program, the fine folks at RecTech have showed up to fix my grill. Thank goodness. Man, that great customer service. And again, they did it not because I am who I am, but they do it for all their customers. I'm just, I am, I was a fan to begin with, and now I'm just floored. Let's go back to the phones. George, you're going to be up next on the Eric Erickson Show. Welcome, George. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Eric. What's going on? Um, well, a little bit ago, you mentioned, uh, you were talking about uh, Dick Cheney and all that, and you mentioned how uh, Nancy Pelosi going to uh, Taiwan and all. You kind of supported her and kind of put her in a good light. And I would say that she is uh, she's one of those establishment politicians who is ready to take anything she can and let China basically be the number one in the world. She does nothing, nothing at all, without it being a political calculation. Um, I think she went to Taiwan, basically, and publicized it to take people's minds off of what was going on with her husband in Napa County. Um, she didn't have to publicize it. She could have done it quietly. All it does is highlight the weakness of the current administration and potentially puts us in a worse situation to show even more weakness. Uh, if, if, if China were to invade Taiwan or do something, maybe not a full invasion, but even worse than just tests, you know the Biden administration will not, will not do anything really substantive to counter China. And it just makes us look weak, and the Chinese know it. And this is their time. And she just, uh, as much as you, you kind of have to support her because it's all out in the news, she didn't do it because she's for the people of Taiwan. It was a political calculation on her part. Um, okay. Uh, I, I would generally agree with you, except for uh, a data point uh, that I think we have to add to the conversation here, George. Uh, and that is that since Nancy Pelosi went to Congress... Nancy Pelosi has been one of the loudest advocates of Taiwan in the United States Congress. And I'm not making that up. Uh, Nancy Pelosi assumed office in 1987. Nancy Pelosi's very first, I can't believe George has me in any way defending this woman because I agree with him about her. But Nancy Pelosi's first foreign trip as a member of Congress was to go to Taiwan. Uh, when Tiananmen Square happened, Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan. Uh, and then she protested outside the Chinese embassy in Washington, D.C. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has gone to Chinatown in San Francisco in her district or near her district and protested China to the residents of San Francisco from China. Nancy Pelosi has authored legislation in the past calling for us to recognize Taiwan as an independent nation. So, look, I agree with Georgia that uh, she probably wanted to distract from her husband's concerns, maybe. 
But there is this conundrum and contradiction in what George is saying, though, is is why would Nancy Pelosi want to go to Taiwan to highlight Joe Biden's weakness and America weakness right before the midterm election? Make her and the Democrats look bad uh, for America to be weak when they're in charge of it. Uh, so I, I don't think you can have it both ways here. You can say she went to distract for her husband, but not that she went to expose American weakness because she and the Democrats are on the ballot and they would really like to not lose to the Republicans in November and exposing American weakness would do that. But I do think you have to note her long-term agitation for Taiwan as an independent nation uh, and her long-term agitation against China to her credit. And it pains me to give this woman credit. She has been one of the most critical voices in Congress of the communist Chinese going back to her entry in office in 1987, she uh, assumed in a special election, a, she won a district in 1987 in a special election. Now, the seat was vacated by someone who died, and she's been in office ever since. And Taiwan is a big issue for her, and fighting communist China is a big issue for her. At a time in the late 80s and early 90s, when almost every member of Congress from California uh, seemed to like the Soviet Union. She was one of the war hawks who defended Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush's policies. We've got to remember our history there. We don't like her. She's a progressive. And I think if her values were implemented in Congress, they would ruin this country. But also, remember our friends who stand up and those we oppose who stand up for Taiwan, and she's always been one of those people. I, I can't criticize her. I can criticize her for saying she was going uh, initially when probably she didn't need to and distract the nation. But once the Chinese said, you're not allowed to come, she had to go. She had to go. Once a communist nation told her, an American Speaker of the House, you can't come here, she had to go to China. There was no choice in the matter once the Chinese communists said you can't come because we can't let the Chinese communists dictate where the Speaker of the House representatives of the United States of America shows up. We just can't. I want to speak just a moment about the Arizona situation. Carrie Lake is the nominee. As you will notice, if you're a listener of this program or follow me on social media, I haven't said a lot about Arizona because I haven't been particularly impressed with either one. Conservatives love Carrie Lake for a lot of reasons. And if I were in Arizona, I would have voted for her over Robeson, the other woman, because the other woman, uh, backed by Mike Pence and Doug Ducey, the incumbent governor, uh, was just too close to a lot of squishy uh, lobbyists, including a lot of Democratic lobbyists. But I just, there's something about, and it's not the election stuff. I actually think there are a lot of people, and I would put her in this camp, who uh, rail on about the election being stolen and the like because they know it it revs up a hardcore base that won't leave them, uh, and it gives them breathing room to go make, I, I think it's politically smart for a lot of Republicans out there, frankly, uh, to to rail about election integrity, uh, because if you hear them, you're, oh, they're one of us, and you're going to go vote for them. You don't care whether they are one of them or not, whether they really are one of you or not. You care that they say it, and she says it, and so you love her, and she's railing about the election process in Arizona. If you pay attention to elections in Arizona, elections in Arizona are always screwed up are always screwed up. Elections in Arizona have never been run properly, not just in 2020. 
not just now. Uh, every two years, Arizona, certain counties, the big counties, they screw up the elections. It's not malfeasance, it's incompetence. And it has always been incompetence. And so it was messed up this time too. Now, I, I got an angry email from someone um, saying, look at this election in Arizona. They screwed it up again. They're stealing it again. How the hell did they steal it when the, the, the Trump's candidate won? I mean, can we just, can you be consistent if they always steal the elections? How the hell did they not steal it from Kerry Lake? I got somebody say, you'll find out in November when Brian Kemp loses to Stacey Abrams. You'll see we were right. But here's the thing. If that's the case, will you see I was right when Brian Kemp wins in November? No, you won't. No, you won't. You'll say it, but you won't. Oh, no, they'll find some other way to steal it. Well, of course, Brian Kip, Brian Kip was in on the steal. Of course. I mean, people will make excuses for however they want to see it. I Here's the other thing, though. This is the other point about Kerry Lake in Arizona. And if you only hear me say one thing about Arizona, and I'm going to throw in Ohio as well, a lot of people in the media look at Blake Masters and Kerry Lake and say, there's no way they can win in Arizona. These are the same people who saw the big blue wave in 2020 based on Democratic polling, and they weren't seeing Republican polling, and so they missed the Republican wave. These are the same people who in Ohio say, oh, J.D. Vance, he's going to lose. He's such a bad kid, and we hate that guy. He betrayed us after we put him on TV and made him something, and then he became a Trump supporter. They say that about J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance is going to win Ohio. There is this issue with the media and their coverage and their friends and their biases and all of that. And, and they are aligned with the Democratic Party so forcefully that they believe the Democratic line. The Democrats give them access to their polling. Remember, this is how Nate Silver, 538, came to fame. He had the inside look at Barack Obama's internal polling in 2008. And Democrats have started doing this because they begin to seed a narrative that they're doing better, that their polling shows them doing better. And the press loves the access, and so the press believes it. This happened in 2020, the Cook Political Index. They were internal Democratic polling, oh, it's going to be brutal for the GOP. And then the GOP nearly took Congress and nobody saw it coming. Do not tell me Carrie Lake can't win in Arizona. Maybe she'll lose. But if you're doing it based on Democratic polling and Democratic talking points, I don't believe you. Same with J.D. Vance. Same with Blake Master. The media is, and same, by the way, with Herschel Walker in Georgia, who I still think, though I recognize his flaws as a candidate, he can and probably will win because of the political environment. Let me play you real quick some audio from Stacey Abrams that it just, just is relevant to this. What I've said is that we understand that this is a medical decision. And so arbitrary political parameters make no sense. But it should always be that abortion care is available until a fetus is viable, unless that viability threatens the life of the mother. You see that until that fetus is viable, up until she said this yesterday, Stacey Abrams was in favor of abortion on demand until the moment of birth. And she has radically shifted to the point of viability. Why do you think she shifted so quickly? Because maybe all of the polling about abortion that the media is peddling is not as authentic as they claim. 
maybe, just maybe, there's more to it. This is a radical departure from her views of just four days ago when Stacey Abrams was insistent that you had to have the right to an abortion until the moment of birth, now suddenly it's to the point of viability, unless the life of the mother is at stake. That's kind of a big red flag there, folks, that something's going on behind the scenes. It's the same reason behind the scenes she won't say Brian Kemp. She says the governor, the governor, my opponent, and the governor, she won't say his name because he's really popular. Pay attention in Arizona and Ohio, the way the, the Democrats attack locally. It's different from what you hear in the national media. The national media is convinced there's no way that J.D. Vance can win Ohio. One, because they're butthurt because he used to be a Democrat. They put him on TV. He didn't like Trump. They made him popular. And then suddenly, like, Trump became a Republican. He's the Republican nominee. While, meanwhile, Tim Ryan is in Washington, D.C., smoozing the media for years. In Arizona, Kerry Lake was one of them. Kerry Lake was a reporter. Kerry Lake was a reporter. Reporters are supposed to lean left. She betrayed them. I don't think it's a coincidence that the media hostility to Carrie Lake and J.D. Vance is the same. They, It's a sense of betrayal that they were one of them and now they're not. And so the media is uniformly, there's no way these people can win. They betrayed us. I think they can win. And I think they might, given the headwinds against the Democrats in this country. But, of course, right now the media is going through, though, there are no headwinds for the Democrats right now. The wind is at their back right now. Yeah, well, it's late summer, early fall. The polling rebound for the Democrats always happens because Republicans are putting their kids back in school. And the Democrats are more active in participating with pollsters anyway. I would not be so sure the Democrats are going to do as well as they claim right now. They sure do seem to be very confident, and I'm not sure why, given the economy. Now, if you're looking to save some money and get a great product, you might want to consider the Eden Pure Thunderstorm because you can get three of them for less than $200 right now. It's a remarkable product that actually eliminates odors, and it does a very good job at it. What you do is go to EdenPureDeals.com. Eden like the Garden of Eden. Pure is the Driven Snow Deals. EdenPureDeals.com. And when you get there at EdenPureDeals.com, you'll be greeted with a box that says, put in the discount code. And the discount code is ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. What will you get? Three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. Normally, each of these, uh, you're going to get um, well over $300 for these, $400 for these, but you're saving $200. You're getting them for less than $200, and you get free shipping. It is EdenPureDeals.com. It's Eric 3. You get three of these. You can clean the air. You can plug them into the wall or with a USB cord, clean the air, eliminate odors, get rid of the dust and the pollen that's floating in the air. It's EdenPureDeals.com, the discount code ERIC3. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson here. I'm going to do something I never do on radio anymore, but I am, given the situation. If you're listening on my affiliate WRGA up in Rome, uh, and you're out there on Highway 411 by the Walmart Supercenter, there is hail over the Walmart Supercenter in a very severe thunderstorm. Um, so please be careful there. It's like the one area in my listening audience that is having atrocious weather right now. Um, the good news is it is moving to the east and we'll be out of your way here shortly. It's headed towards Adairsville. Um, I just figured I was looking at the map and, and saw the alert come through and figured I would, because I know I have lots of listeners up there because every time I go to Rome, people recognize me and I appreciate it very much. Um, if you've never been to Rome, Georgia, folks, you should. I got to go up and see a couple of friends of mine up there at some point. All right. We got other stuff to talk about here. Um, now, the Democrats and the press. 
I mentioned before uh, I shifted out to Carrie Lake and uh, about Carrie Lake and JD Vance that the media feels a sense of betrayal about them. And they feel that sense of betrayal in large part because they used to be one of them. Carrie Lake was a reporter, a news anchor. JD Vance was a Democrat. They put on TV to talk about blue collar workers. And guess what? Like blue collar workers, JD Vance shifted right and Carrie Lake shifted to the right. And there's just, if you pay attention to the media, you can hear the sense of profound betrayal in how they cover those candidates. And it has a lot to do with the, the herd mentality and the group think uh, that, that goes on there. And I got to tell you, I think they're doing the same thing with the idea of this Democratic resurgence. I've gotten a lot of panicked emails from people saying, what, what's the, the polling rebound for the Democrats? Again, pay attention to the average, please. Don't pay attention to the individual polling. And the reason is because the averages catch the bounces. Right now in the Real Clear Politics polling average, the Republicans are at parity. There have been a series of national polls that have come through recently that have the Democrats rebounding. The Harvard-Harris poll has the Democrats up four. Politico has them up two. Economist has them up three. Uh, YouGov has them up five. Insider Advantage has the Republicans up one. Rasmussen has the Republicans up three. CBS News Battleground has them up two. Um, and you, you know, the Rasmussen, Insider Advantage tend to kind of skew to the right. And are they the only ones? No, you got the CBS Battleground poll. The Battleground poll is more interesting to me because it is of likely voters, not registered voters. And it's also a battleground areas. Let's be honest here. If you're polling people in California and New York in urban areas, you're going to find more people leaning to the Democrats. If you're polling the battleground parts of the country where it really is 50-50 in these congressional districts and you're polling people there and the Republicans are up too, the Republicans are probably up too. Even if they're at parity, if the Democrats are slightly ahead, the Democrats have issues. Why? Because what happened in um, 2020? The generic ballot for Congress was Democrats 6.8. And the GOP came within five seats of taking the House of Representatives back. And the Senate was 50-50. Had Georgia Republicans not talked themselves out of showing up to vote. they I mean, again, keep in mind what 457,208 Republicans who voted in November 2020 did not go vote in Georgia in January 2021. You can see who it was. Who are the Republicans who voted in November and did they show up in, in January? 700,000 total people voted in November and didn't vote in January. And of them, 457,208 were Republicans. They talked themselves out of voting. And still, for a six-point gap in the generic polling average for the Democrats, right now it's point one for the GOP. That suggests the headwinds for the Democrats aren't shifting to the Democrats, even if the Republicans in Biden plus 10 seats may not be able to win now, they can still take Congress.